It's the Adventures of Indiana Jim, episode 53, for January 20th, 2019. It's my birthday! Coming to you not exactly live from... The Cliffs of Insanity! A man who needs no introduction. Don't tell me you've never heard of me. Have you ever heard of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates? Yes. Morons. And now, Indiana Jim. You have chosen wisely. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's another week and another episode. And, well, there we are. So the first thing for today's, this week's episode, number one is I really wanted to take some time to recap a little bit from last week's show uh, and, and take a look at where we are at this point right now and just thank some people and... Um, had a lot of good reaction, a lot of people very excited to see me return to this show. And it's a little funny because <laughs> I, uh, it, it's weird having been doing two other shows, uh, The Writing Crusade and The Star Wars Survival Guide. Now, I started that in 2016, as I recapped on last week's episode. And I had done that for a while, but obviously very inconsistent. And I had been engaging with a lot of the people in what we call Star Wars Twitter, uh, <laughs> on Star Wars Twitter, with a lot of people um, getting to know some of the podcasters there a little bit, getting kind of put my name out there as a person who listens, you know, uh, and and sort of developing some regular tweet relationships, <laughs> Twitter relationships. And, um, you know, so... That's kind of what I was doing there. And on the Writing Crusade, I've had uh, Dan Dan the Art Man, Dan Absalonson, uh, on that show, talking a little bit about the writing craft and the business a little bit. Nothing quite to the level of J. Daniel Sawyer or Lindsay Baroker or Joanna Penn, but just doing my little bit. And then I toyed a little bit with a daily podcast called The Writing Crusade Daily, and that happened... Before I got my new job, which means my commute is now 12 minutes instead of 27. And so I don't have as much time to sit in the car and I don't have an hour lunch where I can kind of go out and talk. I may bring that back and do that a little bit from my classroom um, on my lunch period. I'll have my little half an hour that I get. And as I don't know if you can tell the difference between the audio quality this week and last week. Last week I was using my Turtle Beach gaming headset and this week i'm back on the uh whatever this is the uh mxl 990 that i bought from t morris 11 years ago or something <laughs> that uh he uh, uh i guess he gave it to rich because they were i think i think they were at raven con together and then i met rich at con carolinas and picked the picked the stuff up there but um so still using the same mic that t morris sold me years and years ago and it still sounds really nice using i'm using this old tapco mix 60 which you can't even get tapco anymore it was a name that was bought by mackie and they put their preamps in it and it has a really nice sound to it, it makes the mxl 990 not sound like tinny um stuff <laughs> you know it doesn't it's not the same as 
um, your SM7B or your Heil PR40 or your AT2020. But if you know what you're doing, you can make it sound just as good and, and or, or at least good enough to make it work. So some thanks to people that are there on a regular basis for me on Twitter. Some of these people I know in real life, some of these people I only know on Twitter or PlayStation uh, Network from uh, chatting there. So anyways, thanks to... And you can look all these people up on Twitter if you want. If you don't, that's fine too. Break all. Ted Wade 73. Sweet May B. M A E is how you spell May. S W Chris Creative. He has done some voice work for me, both in Codename Starkeeper and uh, Thesis of Fantasy. Uh, Cinema Freak, of course. Podcasting Search Secret. Billy Flynn. Amy Bowen. I just want to thank those people for chiming in with with how glad they are that I'm returning to the Adventures of Indiana Jim and uh, some other folks. Um, I put a call out on Twitter when I released the last week's episode to um, re- like and retweet the tweet that I had made announcing it. And so those folks, um, w- well, uh, would include uh, the names that I've already mentioned, plus J.A. Height. H-I-T-E, Ed Gizmo, SCP-21, which is Stephen Phillips, the host of Altered Geek, uh, among other shows. We've got PC Herring, Paul Herring, who is a writer as well and plays that Destiny, I think, as far as I know, plays that Destiny, Destiny 2 with T. Morris. We've got Jay Wilkers, John Wilkerson. Let's see, Dunanner. D a n a n n e r Dananer. Uh, she is she is a pleasant person. Spiritual Tramp, which is Scott Roche, also author, writer, intellectual gentleman, and let's not forget J. Daniel Sawyer, D. Sawyer on Twitter, who is the host of the Everyday Novelist podcast. You've got J. R. Murdoch on Twitter, and um, he, I think, will be providing the announcery voice for the show and um, it's supposed to be just uh, haven't got that in just yet and so just uh, those are the people that I wanted to thank and that's um, that's where we stand on that and um, also let's see there was one other one and that's James Wilder author of or creator of the 10,000 Dawns universe and I wrote a novella for his shared universe. And currently he is working on um, creating notes for the edit on that piece. And his Twitter is ArcBeetle, A-R-C, Beetle. And um, he is the, 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 the seventh Beetle. That's, uh, that's what I'm going to call him, the seventh Beetle. So let's see what we've got here for today's, or this week's, episode. So I jotted down a few things that I thought were interesting that I liked. And um, the first one, of course, was recapping the reaction to episode 52. So thanks so much for all of those folks. And this thing, I came across this thing on Neil Gaiman's uh, Twitter. And you can watch the whole thing. I'll have the link in the show notes. But David Bowie, an interview he did at the BBC in 1999 
about the internet and what it would be capable of. And it's very, very interesting. He was a fairly prescient individual. And just talking about how the internet will change everything. And, and the interviewer's like, well, it's just a delivery system, isn't it? And he's like, no. No, it's much more than that. And, and he goes into a very eloquent description of, of how he views it. And as with most things that David Bowie ever said, you have to think about what he's saying to really understand <laughs> the meaning of what he of what he says. So you should go and check that out. Like I said, link in the show notes. Um, the other thing, I just saw this. I just found this, and I only watched a little bit of the first episode. And that would be the now famous Marie Kondo with her show, Tidying Up. And my biggest takeaway from this would be, number one, that's a really awesome way to put clothes in a drawer as far as uh, folding. I'm, I'm more on the practical level than I am in the let's pray to the house uh, thing. That's a little cuckoo, but, you know, there's a lot of people who say other praying to God is cuckoo, but that's okay. We can all be a little cuckoo every now and then. And um, what was cool about it was that the, there was this sense of thankfulness, this sense of gratitude, uh, that it wasn't a burden to be doing this, that it was just a natural part of life to to get rid of things you don't need anymore. And not that, oh, I don't want this, oh, get rid of it. Like to the degree of saying thank you to an article of clothing that you're discarding. It's a little weird, but what's it doing? It's, it's generating that sense of gratitude, that positive energy so that so you don't begin to look at tidying up as a as this awful thing. It's almost therapeutic to to be tidying up in the way that she mentions. And and here's the the biggest thing that I like, I think, about this, and I can't wait to watch more of, of the show. And that is this idea of joy, of opening yourself to to joy. And if something doesn't bring you joy, get rid of it. Is it is it the fault of the thing or is it the fault of you? It depends on what we're talking about. If we're talking about an article of clothing, it's oh gosh, I love that shirt, or eh, I don't care. You know, you, you're you're just you're just minimizing the footprint of joyless things in your life. That doesn't mean if a person doesn't bring you joy anymore, you discard them because there's a difference there. There's an actual relationship with a human being involved. So I don't want anyone to to think that this is a universal concept that oh, you don't bring me joy, you're you're gone. And um, there have been times when my children don't bring me joy or my wife doesn't bring me joy, but. That's different because you have a commitment there. You have a responsibility there. But something, and, and this kind of will go directly into the main topic of the show for this week. And that is decisions, the power of decisions. I made a decision to bring the Adventures of Indiana Jim back. Now, as I mentioned last week, I tried, I toyed with the idea of doing a, a, a kind of a network of different niche shows that specifically focus on a specific aspect of my likes and my talents and abilities and things I loved. And that was going to be The Riding Crusade, Readers of the Lost Library, The Temple of Geek, and then The Star Wars Survival Guide. 
and any other shows after that would be all a part of the adventures of Indiana Jim. And there will still be some survival guide, Star Wars survival guide episodes, or maybe just a segment on this show. There will be Riding Crusade episodes in this feed. So hopefully you'll stay tuned for that. And I'm hoping to appeal to a certain group of people, namely people just like me. No. <laughs> uh, but there are quite a few writers who listen to my show and creative type people. There aren't a ton of Star Wars fans that were listening to the Star Wars Survival Guide. Why? It's mostly market saturation. And I say market, but, it, you know, it's it's just a saturated genre, which is the Star Wars podcast. Um, I, I don't know what if you call it genre because podcasting podcasting's not really a genre either. It's more of a delivery, but or a method or I, you know, I don't know what you call it, but that's, you know, I'm just talking out loud here. But that was one of the mistakes I made. And this was an interesting correlation I made going through um, on my Feedly. I have, you know, a lot of different sources about writing and writers and all that kind of stuff. And, and this idea of writing to market, like here's a segment uh, that seems popular. Let's write something that fits in there and see where that goes. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll make tons of money. And it's almost like I was I was podcasting to market. In other words, this is, you know, for example, this is the writing crusade. And so this show is all about writing and it has to be about writing. So I have to find things that interest me about the topic of writing right now, this week, whatever. And if it's a slow week, pr productivity speaking, or if I just don't feel like anything inspires me or no news that's interesting, then I have to I struggle with like, oh, how do I make a show out of that? Instead of this one, where now I've come to the realization that it doesn't have to be specific. It doesn't have to be exactly the same thing every week. That's part of the fun. That's part of the attraction, I guess, of this show is the variety of content that there is. I, mean, you know, I never once had anyone complain that there was too much of a variety of content. But when you sit out there and you look at the different podcasts that you listen to, they're all very categorical. They all seem to focus on one particular aspect of that person's life or, or, or the person's craft or whatever it is. And so part of me was thinking, well, would I have more listeners if I were more niche? You know, could I, could I reach a larger audience if I was a little more specific and targeted? But there, there, there you, you start to limit yourself because there's no one thing that I just absolutely adore and love constantly and need to talk about every aspect of it. Uh, Star Wars, I thought Star Wars might be that thing, but it's, it's just not because I, I'm not into every aspect of it and not every aspect of it interests me. So when you, when you made the, let's talk about the power of making a decision. So the root word for side, you know, in decide, um, means to kill. So that's why you have words like homicide, suicide, regicide, patricide, infanticide, all of these sides mean to kill. Well, to decide, it's kind of like the word demarcation. You know, you're, you're marking, you know, you, you cut a pie, you see lines of demarcation marking the segments. When you decide, you are killing off any other possibility than this one that you have decided on. So 
I have decided, today I decided I would eat Taco Bell. Well, I killed off any possibility of going to McDonald's or Wendy's or Arby's because I wanted that freaking burrito I see on TV constantly now. <laughs> so I decided to go to Taco Bell and I was killing off any other possibility. And this is one of the things that I've learned from Tony Robbins and Cliff Ravenscraft and um, a lot of the personal development guys is that you will, if we're wishy-washy, we can't commit. And another interesting part of this is on uh, the Everyday Novelist. Uh, Dan got a question from JR. It said, how do you know when you're an author or when can you call yourself an author? And you know what? You can decide to be an author. If that's what you want to be, if that's what you want to do, if that is what you feel like you are most talented at, most gifted at, most called for, called to do in the world, then you decide to do that, to be that. You make a decision. There is no other possibility of being anything else other than that. Because until you decide to be that thing, you're going to waffle on everything. And trust me, I've done it. So what happened with me? And, and there's an interesting, there's a power that comes with making a decision, by the way. The, the power of making a decision tells your subconscious mind, okay, mind, this is where we're going. And your subconscious will actually obey you if you believe it. Because you have to, you have to not only make a decision, you have to believe in that decision. You know, right now I'm having a little bit of doubt as to whether going to Taco Bell was the right decision. <laughs> okay. So maybe sometimes you make a decision and there's regrets with that. But you have to decide what you want to be, what you want to do, where you're going to eat. And you accept the consequences of that decision. Some of them are negative. Sometimes they're negative and a lot of times they're positive. Positive consequences of making a decision. So what happened was I had this epiphany that I talked about last week when I had that big storm of tweets and where I was processing this experience, this decision, this realization that I made. Because of that realization, I made a decision to bring back the adventures of Indiana Jim as just the main show. And I had considered keeping the adventures of Indiana Jim anyway as a main show to kind of be a catch-all. If it didn't fit the rest of the episodes, the other types of shows I was doing, then it would just go in this main one. But then I made a decision to just, to just do this and put everything into this because that's where the strength of it always lied. And a lot of the reason that I decided to, go to, to mix it up and try to go more niche had a lot to do with the circumstances of my life that I talked about um, last week, just the kind of the depression and, and everything else I was going through and almost the, the, the midlife crisising that I'm, that I'm kind of going through at this moment in time. One of the other things that I'm, I'm struggling with right now. So first of all, I made a decision to podcast and I decided that I was going to do this every week. 
I decided that I would come before this microphone or my other, my headset microphone, and I would just be me talking about whatever interested me in that week. And, and you would get it. You would get it from me. And, and here it is. So even if it sometimes sounds a little bit disjointed, but I also want to share the things that I'm learning in life, not just the stuff that's interesting, not just the stuff that's fun or funny and to be a goofball, but also to present important things that I'm learning, no matter where it's from, and just process life through this microphone, through this podcast. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I decided to do. And so here I am another week later. And this is one of the other, one of the things that that you get a lot from Cliff Ravenscraft, if you listen to him right now. He's, he's on a big kick about decisions. And he talks about how he made this commitment in 2014 to work out every day or six days a week, every week for the rest of his life. It was a challenge from, from his friend Ken Davis to do this as part of him mentoring Cliff in his health and fitness journey. So he made a decision that this was what he was going to do. He decided that that was his identity. Was He was a person who was doing that and that's what he's going to do. And so Tony Robbins talks a lot about how once you make a decision and you you decide what to do, the subconscious mind, it wants to um, corroborate what you're telling it. So when you speak to yourself all kinds of negative messages, your subconscious takes that on and goes, okay, this is what we are. This is what we do. Um, Gosh, why do I always screw that up? Subconscious goes, we always screw this up. And so your subconscious is going to wake up next time and go, okay, time to screw it up because that's what we always do. You know, it bad information goes in and bad results come out. So when you decide who and what you are, your subconscious has to follow along. Your subconscious will not violate what you tell it. So be very careful what kind of messages you are sending your subconscious. But I decided that I would be here every week to do this. And now I'm struggling with a decision. So I'm trying to decide what to do um, with my, with, with my, uh, I've got a bass, a guitar, an amp, some pedals, musical gear. Trying to decide what I want to do with it. And there are options. Hang on to it until the point that I decide I want to play music again, which who knows may, may or may not come. Second possibility. I could decide to sell everything to buy a nice acoustic and uh, either the TC Helicon or the Boss pedal that does the harmony vocals with you and, and the guitar effects and play out on the weekends, singing covers, you know, that kind of thing. Nothing, nothing spectacular. Or sell everything and buy podcasting equipment, which was what my initial thought was. Buy a new, like a USB interface, uh, buy a nice new microphone, you know, really kind of upgrade my stuff. But then, of course, my subconscious takes over and goes, well, you know, you never really stick with anything for very long. And that's what my subconscious wants to tell me. So my subconscious mind says, you know, give it a few weeks, you're not going to want to podcast anymore. Or at least, that's the old pattern. 
Let's put it that way. That's the old thought pattern in which I need to replace with a new thought pattern, which is that I decided I'm going to do this, and so doggone it, I'm going to do it, and I'm doing it. So I'm struggling with that decision. So today, I got all my stuff in the trunk of the car. I drove out to Guitar Center. Now, they don't always have the best buyback rates on used gear. You know, if you just need... I offloaded a couple guitars that I had sold to them before. They gave me a decent amount back, and I don't know what I got with them. But anyway, it wasn't anything amazing. When I went in there, and before I decided to do anything, first thing I was going to do was go play the acoustics they had in stock. Because I have an idea of how much my gear is worth and what I would need to get to do whatever the goal that I want to achieve. With the idea of, okay... I'm looking at that pedal and a new guitar. We come back to this idea of what brings you joy, you know, because that's my problem right now is music. It's not bringing me joy. It's, it's can be a fun diversion. Um, like this morning, we, we had a, a snow delay with our church services and a couple people couldn't make it. So I filled in on playing the keyboard. You know, I wanted to just get jump back up there and and just go because it was there, it was available, and 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 one of the songs, a couple of the songs, I really like playing the the organ parts on, and I did it, and it was fun, and I sang some background harmony, but in the end, it was just like, huh, okay, yeah, that's that's great. What's for what's for lunch? <laughs> what am I gonna eat? And uh. When I got to Guitar Center, I didn't talk to anybody, didn't say what I was going to do. I just went back in there and, and, and looking at the different acoustic guitars and trying them out. And some of them sound really nice. Okay, so it's a nice guitar. And am I inspired to keep playing more than these three chords? No. Do I immediately feel like I want to take this sucker home and, and play it? Well, yeah, maybe, no, not really. Have I done that on good electrics before? Yeah. The Les Paul I've got at the time, so much joy. And now, frustration. The only thing I feel when I pick up instruments is frustration, that I can't do more. And I don't have the desire to learn more. So it's kind of like, eh. And my limitation meets with my lack of desire, and it's like, it doesn't bring me joy. It can be nice to strum a few chords or whatever. But I don't need a guitar to just lay around for me to every once in a while pick up and get bored with immediately or get frustrated with. I don't need that kind of stress in my life. And I just wanted to see, you know, if the guitar inspires me. Now, there's some really nice guitars outside my price range. But again, I, I picked up a few of them, you know, a couple $750 guitars, Martin and Taylor, and they sounded great. Real nice tone, Martin especially. But was it enough that I could say, okay, I'm going to sell all these, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to get the pedal, I'm going to go out and do gigs? Because no, because that's tiring. It's exhausting. Now, right now, I've got myself in a position where I'm, I'm doing some live sound in the area, and I've got a buddy that I work with, and... I love going in there and working with the sound system and working with the bands and, and doing that and getting paid for it. And that's great. 
And those can be some really late nights. <laughs> but the thought of pressing my fingers on some strings for some out for hours. I mean, I, I play for 30 minutes and I'm, I'm whole. Oh, my fingers just can't take anymore. Now, can I build that up? Sure. You can build up that resistance. I can work on my voice. I can, I can exercise it and work it out and make it better. But I would be, again, sacrificing time away from things that really do bring me joy. And one of those is writing. And there are days when the writing doesn't bring me joy. But the idea of what it can do for me and knowing that I'm really good at that. I'm not really good at music. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm really good at telling stories. I believe that. I'm really good at the writing. I believe that. And so I have to look at what am I really good at doing that that makes time disappear. And and then when we got podcasting, podcasting brings me so much joy. Um, and, and when I went back and listened to what I was doing before 2008, it was just really sense of, of creative abandon, you know, just being myself. And there is a, there is a joy in that too. So I guess what I'm really trying to say is make a decision. You get to decide who and what you want to be. No one else gets to decide that for you. Now, do you have responsibilities? Absolutely. Do those responsibilities, are they always joyful? No. But knowing that you have a responsibility, this is yours to do, and no one else can do this for you, it's yours. There can be a joy in that. You know, in my case, we find joy in our service. You know, the, the, God gave me these kids and, and this wife that I must take care of in my way and and to serve and to love, and that is a joy because my creator made me to do that. Just like writing, my creator made me to do that. Um, and, and you are made to do things and and if you if you believe that you decide what you get to do you are the 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 maker of your own destiny then do it make a decision decide to do what brings you joy and and, and you know just like Marie Kondo will say open yourself to receive joy the more open you are to sensing joy in your life the better but i've also decided to close myself off from feeling frustration and regret. I don't want to I don't want to live with that anymore. I wanted to read from read for you some experts experts some excerpts from the book Awaken the Giant Within. And this is Tony Robbins. If you'd like to check out now, yeah, go ahead. Make your, you know, make yourself happy. Make a decision that you don't want to hear this, but I want to talking about this is chapter two in this book, and he wrote this very early 1990s, probably 1990 itself. So he says, we should be asking ourselves, how am I going to live the next 10 years of my life? How am I going to live today in order to create the tomorrow I'm committed to? What am I going to stand for from now on? You see that the most powerful way to shape our lives is to get ourselves to take action, if we want to direct our lives, we must take control of our consistent actions. The answer 
of what precedes all of our actions, the father of action is the power of decision. Everything that happens in your life, both what you're thrilled with and what you're challenged by, began with a decision. I believe that it's in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. It's our decisions, not the conditions of our lives, that determine our destiny. You and I both know that there are people who were born with advantages. Yet you and I also know that we constantly meet, read, and hear about people who, against all odds, have exploded beyond the limitations of their conditions by making new decisions about what to do with their lives. They become examples of the unlimited power of the human spirit. And as an aside, how many lottery winners go bankrupt? Because it's not the conditions of their life. Sudden, a sudden influx of huge amounts of dollars doesn't determine their destiny. It's their decisions, what they do with the winnings. It's how they manage it that determines their destiny, right? It's how they manage it that determines whether they build wealth for a lifetime or squander it all. So how do we make one of make our lives one of those inspiring examples. He says, my whole life changed in just one day, the day I determined not just what I'd like to have in my life or what I wanted to become, but when I decided who and what I was committed to having and being in my life. But when I decided who and what I was committed to having and being in my life. Think for a moment, is there a difference between being interested in something and being committed to it? You bet there is. Many times people say things like, gosh, I really would like to make more money, or I'd like to be closer to my kids. Or, you know, I'd really like to make a difference in the world, but that kind of statement is not a commitment at all. It's merely stating a preference, saying, I'm interested in having this happen if I don't have to do anything. That's not power. It's a weak prayer made without even the faith to launch it. Not only do you have to decide what results you are committed to, but also the kind of person that you are committed to becoming. It's an aside here. It's like setting a goal. It's not the goal. It's not accomplishing the goal, reaching the goal that, that is the point of setting goals. It's the person you become as you pursue it. That's why they say, you know, they say, well, you know, your, your goal should be attainable. Well, <clears throat> excuse me for a minute, but I think most of the time, especially if we're new to setting goals, we don't know what's attainable because we've never attained anything. We've never, we've never really achieved anything momentous and, and go, oh, well, I guess I could, I mean, you know, you set a small goal and so I'm going to work for this. Oh, okay. And sometimes that works for people. You can step up your goals as you go, start small and, and build upon it. <clears throat> In fact, this book talks about that a lot, but when you set a goal that you don't know if you can reach it or not, there is power in that because you start making different decisions. You start deciding what's more important in order to reach that goal. You start prioritizing things. You start taking things a little more seriously. You start working harder and you become a different person because you have to work hard to attain that goal that you don't know if you can reach it or not. But by golly, you're going you're gonna to reach for it. You have to set standards for what you consider to be acceptable behavior for yourself and decide what you should expect from those you care about. If you don't set a baseline standard for what you'll accept in your life, you'll find it's easy to slip into behaviors and attitudes or a quality of life that's far below what you deserve. Unfortunately, most people never do this because they're too busy making excuses. 
The reason they haven't achieved their goals or are not living the lives they desire is because of the way their parents treated them, or because of the lack of opportunities that they experienced in their youth, or because of the education they missed, or because they're too old, or because they're too young. All of these excuses are nothing but BS! Belief systems. And they're not only limiting, they're destructive. Using the power of decision gives you the capacity to get past any excuse to change any and every part of your life in an instant. It can change your relationships, your working environment, your level of physical fitness, your income, and your emotional states. It can determine whether you're happy or sad, whether you're frustrated or excited, enslaved by circumstances, or expressing your freedom. It's the source of change within an individual, a family, a community, a society, or our world. I often ask people who complain about their jobs, why did you go to work today? Their answer usually is because I had to. You and I need to remember one thing. There is virtually nothing that we have to do in this country. Country, You certainly don't have to go to work. Not here. And you certainly don't have to work at a particular location on a particular day. Not in America. You don't have to do what you've done for the last 10 years. You can decide to do something else, something new today, right now. You can make a decision to go back to school, to master dancing or singing, to take control of your finances, to learn to fly a helicopter, to turn your body into an inspiration, to begin meditating, to enroll in ballroom dancing, to attend a NASA space camp, to learn to speak French, to read more to your children, to spend more time in the flower garden, even to fly to Fiji and live on an island. If you truly decide to, you can do almost anything. I hope that that does something for you. Um, I hope it awakens something within you. And, and it doesn't have to be a huge, momentous thing. It doesn't have to be moving to Fiji and living on an island. It can just be making a decision to quit smoking. It, it, can, be, it can be anything. It, begin, it can be that decision to write that story that you've been thinking about in your head all these years. I decided to podcast. And that's why I'm here talking to you. I hope that means something to you. I hope that that serves as an inspiration to you, or at least food for thought. So thanks for listening to all the stuff I decided to say today. I hope that you'll get in touch with me. You can email indianajimpodcasts at gmail.com. That's right, indianajimpodcasts, that's what he does, at gmail.com. You can email uh, your letters or your MP3 comments if you'd like to do that. Or you can call the voicemail, 760-705-INDY. That's 760-705-4639. I'm on Twitter, at Indiana Jim. Visit adventuresofindianajim.net for past episodes and any other information that you desire. So thanks so much for listening. I have decided that I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.